0: happening guys. I hope that you're having the most fantastic week so far. I'm Melissa Malati and this is Barun Garain. And this is our fabulous new mini series called the seven essentials to transform your life. So we are currently on chapter five. So basically during this whole series, in case you are just tuning in right now for the first time, Uh, We are doing a seven-part series, and each part is a chapter from Barun's fabulous book, which is entitled the same thing as our show, Seven Essentials to Transform Your Life. So we're going to go through one essential every single chapter. Um, every single stream, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, so far we have done four, and this is our fifth one now. So before we get started, as always, I'm going to go ahead and let Bruin give us a little bit of a breakdown on the previous essentials that we have covered. And if you are interested, you can go back, watch them on YouTube, youtube.com slash Melissa or of course I have now been posting them on the Namaste podcast. So I believe I have two posted at the moment. So you can go ahead and listen on there if you're more of an audio. Person. Uh, but yeah, let's get Brune to give us a breakdown and then he will introduce today's fifth essential, which is called the right activities. Take it away, Brun.
1: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome. So, first, let's recap what we have done so far. We have gone a long way, actually. You know, this is our fifth episode. Wow. So, so let's recap a little bit so that we can put things into perspective. And we are marching towards something really big, which is chapter seven, which is episode seven. So let's recap what we have done so far. So, the number one essential that we discussed was breathing life to enhance your lung capacity, deep breathing, you know, uh, to maximize our uh, well being through breathing. So, that's number one. Number two is optimum hydration. Which is to really make sure that every cell of our body is actually hydrated. So, number three, we talked about absorbing the cosmic energy, which is the sunlight, the Earth's energy, star, planet, all the cosmic energies getting into our body. So, that's number three. And the last episode, we di- discussed about mindful eating. So, now these are the very f- Very important four essentials that we discussed already. Now, let's put them into perspective. We are, our body is a temple, really. It's it's a holy place. Our body is a holy place, you know. And we are very fortunate to actually have this body. This is the most sophisticated machine, most mystical object you can ever imagine. There's nothing like this in the whole world, I can tell you, our bodies. Now, all the four essentials that you have discussed so far are actually the inputs to the body. We are absorbing them into the body, right? It's like a, like a machine. You need to put the right, wheel, right, energy, right, right inputs into there so that the machine can perform really well. So now today we'll be talking about what to do with this machine. Now the machine is really good, perfect with all the good ingredients coming in, what to do with the machine. So that's where the right activities or right action comes into play. So now we can go and do the right action and right activities. Uh Now, if you don't have those four uh, inputs correctly or if they're not optimum, obviously this machine is not going to be, you know, performing very well. So today we'll talk about quite a few aspects of um, right actions. Obviously, one is physical, make sure that our body is strong, you know, flexible, so that we can do all kinds of things in the world, mountain climbing, if you want to do marathon, if you want to do all kinds of other things, you know, and also make sure that the mind is sharp and clear, you know, so that we can also do all the mental activities, right? You know, for example, learning new skills, doing your work, career, things like that. And the other side is the emotional, the social side, which is really about having the right balance so that we can take part in the the social activities uh, in a proper way so that we can have more contributions to the world so that we can feel really fulfilled that we have done really something well. But these things can only happen if those four ingredients that we talked about, four essentials that we talked about are done the right way. So that's where I feel the awareness is really really important hmm. so this is where i like to discuss today which is the right action or the right activities and the foundation that we have built over the last four episodes is going to work now now all the inputs have come in we want to now focus on the outputs what is the output going to come out
0: that's very interesting because we didn't discuss about about how you were going to introduce this prior to us starting the stream right now and everything that you just said is very interesting because obviously I have been experimenting on myself. And as we've been recording these sessions, I have been trying hard to have the lemon with the salt and the water in the morning. And I've been trying to eat better and having, um, <laughs> just like better <laughs> salads, avoiding some of the nightshade vegetables. I threw in some avocado, um, after you are talking about it in our last essential video and so it's interesting that I have been practicing that over the last couple of weeks. And then yesterday for the first time in a while, I had the energy and motivation to do a workout. So it kind of like preludes into, wow, I was perfectly ready then and I did it. And it kind of is proof of what you're talking about right now. So I don't know. Cool. For
1: example, you know, if you don't breathe very well, for example, mm-hmm. you cannot run, for example. It'll be very difficult for you to go running or even walking for an hour or two. If you're not able to breathe well, if you're not using your lung capacity fully. Mm-hmm. So they're all linked together, you know? So you're absolutely right, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, well, let's jump right into it. So the first uh, activity that you, you know, focus on is physical activity, adequate physical activity. So what does that mean?
1: Okay, look, uh, see, ideally, when we are doing something in this world, you know, any profession or any career or any activity we're doing, we should have all the three together. For example, the physical, the mental, and the emotional and social side should be all in tandem. You know? mm-hmm. but, but in the modern world, we have fragmented them. You know, phys, you know, physical activity means, you know, go out and do some workout. That's what it means. And mental activity means, you know, maybe some learning skills, this, that, maybe career. And the social activity is something different. You know, maybe when I, after Mm -hmm. in the weekend, maybe I'll go and meet some friends or families, you know, that's social activity. So we have fragmented it completely. Ideally, um, you know, we should have a profession or a career or anything you want to do where everything is just one in one, you know, so that we don't have to fragment anything. Mm -hmm. That's how... Uh, it should be, but it hasn't worked like that for, for many people because we have fragmented it and because we have not done the foundation very well. You know, yeah. For example, if you're not able to breathe well or if you're not hydrated well, you know, you're not able to do any physical work, You know, yeah. uh, strong physical work. So you'll probably do some more, um, uh, you'll probably choose a professional career where you'll have to sit down and, and that's going to be even more detrimental to you in the long run. So I feel that, um, you know, right activities actually mean that, um, uh, that you are completely immersed into that activity where the physical, mental, and emotional aspects are all part of it. Hmm. Right? For example, you know, interestingly enough, um, uh, this is like a joke, you know, a little joke that a, a professional, like professional I, uh, working in the Bay Street, you know, goes to the farmer, and ask the farmer, you know, what do you do for exercise, you know? And the farmer starts laughing, so exercise, what do you mean? I get up five in the morning, you know, I look after my cattle, I look after the field, I do this, I do that, you know, I cut the grass, I cut this, you know, I harvest my, you know, I do this and 10 o'clock in the evening, I go to bed, you know? And you want me to do exercise, you know? (laughs) So what are you talking about, you know, are you nuts? So that's the way we have become very fragmented. We think exercise should be done you know, as something different, 20 minutes, half an hour, you know, actually your work should be exercise or work should be, you know, the real mental activity where you completely immersed, you're learning new skills mm-hmm. and work should be social or emotional because you're involving everybody in there, you know, because you're actually helping others, your customers or whoever. So that is social. So you don't have to find, you know, social group of friends after your work. So I think there is a bit of a, um, disconnect I feel, you know? So, so that's what I mean by, you know, the right action or right activities Mm -hmm. is that physical, mental, emotional, and social should be one completely, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't fragment it. So that's where I was coming from, Melissa.
0: I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's cool hearing you just like explain it to us because I was a competitive dancer growing up and You know, I never thought about going to the gym because I was at dance class five, six times a week, you know, and I all my friends were at dance as well. And so when I think about it, that's everything combined. I was learning a new skill. It was mental. It was physical and it was social. And no wonder it was so, um, I would say, fulfilling because it combined all of those things. So very interesting hearing you describe that because I, I would definitely agree though that would be like the right activity. Now, if I can make money off of it, even better. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. See, yeah. most of the professional uh, people who are really top-notch professionals, um, you know, like basketball players, you know, they for them, the physical, mental, emotional, social is just one, you know? Yes. And that's that's why they make so much of money, you know? Yeah. Because they they're completely, you know, you know, um, what do you call it? Immersed. Uh, immersed into what they're doing. Whereas what I find that somebody is going to the office and say, okay, I need some physical exercise, they go to the gym for an exercise. Oh, uh, well, you know, maybe I should learn some skills. So the evening they're going somewhere else to learn something else. And then, uh, oh, maybe in the weekend, I'll catch up with some friends in the bar, you know, so go to the pub. And so it's all fragmented, you know, whereas mm-hmm. people who are immersed into their, into their profession or whatever, you know, they're the ones, you know, who have the best health, best wealth, everything, you know. So it makes sense.
0: It does make sense. I was gonna say if so, okay, so say you're someone listening that does have that everyday office job and would like to make all of these essentials more immersed. Do you have any suggestions? Have you thought about how, say, an office person could make it a little bit more combined?
1: Yes. So to really find out the right action or the right activity or even the right profession. Mm-hmm. I strongly feel that um, those foundation that we talked about are actually the basics. They are going to guide you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I, I give an example that um, a friend of mine, actually he did mountaineering and he does that actually quite often. He's, he actually even climbed the uh, Himalayas, you know, he what? didn't go to 8,848, but he goes to the Himalayas for trekking and stuff, you know, wow, cool. up to very high. He doesn't go. He hasn't gone to the peak yet, but obviously one day he might. Wow. That guy could not even walk very well, you know, uh, because he had asthma or some, some kind of a uh, respiratory problem, you know. Hmm. So once he fixed that by deep breathing uh, pranayama, which is one of the yogic techniques mm-hmm. and his lung capacity improved, his body health improved, you know, and now he, he after that, he started doing mountaineering and look what he has done. And a lot of very physically fit people cannot do that mountaineering. You know, it's not easy. You know, you can oh, talk yeah. about that. I've been to uh, Peru uh, to the uh, to the mountains, you know, to many of the mountains. In fact, many of the mining operations I've been to, they actually right uh, about maybe uh, 11,000 feet, 12,000 feet. Wow. The oxygen levels are very low. And it's not, a, not easy for anybody who is fit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they can actually be able to go to those uh, high elevations, you know. Wow. So uh, what I'm saying is that unless you build a foundation, you know, right breathing, you know, right uh, hydration, uh, absorbing the cosmic energy, sun's energy, earth's energy, and then eating the right food, the mindful eating. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult to achieve what you want to achieve in this world. Mm-hmm. So that's the foundation. You believe I it see. or not. Every activity is linked to that. You know? Right. Because body has to function well, right? The body has to function at its optimum. You, you have to be physically strong, right? And, right. you know, flexible as well. At the same time, your mind has to be sharp. At the same time, emotionally, you have to balance. Then only you can do the right things, right? Mm -hmm. So the foundation is there. So that's why my suggestion will be, let's build the foundation first. Let's not jump into what to do, right? Build the foundation first. You yourself will know, look, I feel very good now, strong now. Maybe I can be a dancer now, you know? I feel good because the emotion balance, right? I can be an athlete. I could be whatever, you know?
0: Right, okay. Very interesting. So, okay. So the adequate physical activity, um, and then the next one's adequate mental activity. And then we talk about, uh, uh you said social activities. So let's kind of go, um, one by one. Is that okay to go through yeah, sure. some of them? I know we're gonna, we're talking about seeing if we can find a career that combines all of them, but let's say there's just someone listening that they've done the foundations and now, they are, but they're still at like a desk job and they can't combine it at, at the moment. So what would you suggest first off with just getting adequate physical activity? What does that mean?
1: Yes. I think that's what I'm saying that go out in the nature.
0: Go in the nature. Right. right.
1: So that's the first thing we talked about, you know, in the, right. in the breathing life. Right. So if you look at the seven different ways to enhance your life force, start going out for a walk in the nature.
0: You know? I see. Very okay. Important. So I, okay, those kind yes. of things.
1: So all see for each and every essential, I have put together seven different ways to enhance you. Right. You know, in some cases you may need to go for oxygen therapy because your body is very low in oxygen. You don't feel good. You know, you've got lots of infection in your body. You know, your mm-hmm. body is not working very well. So what you do is make sure that uh, you do the right things there. You know, stop eating your sugar. You know, get into more mindful eating. Do the right stuff that itself will give you the right energy and that will make you think better, you know, so you can decide what's the, so I suggest that let's start looking at these different essentials and start doing those activities. Go out in the walk in the morning, in the evening. Um, for example, for hydration, maybe the water that you're drinking is not the right one, you know? So what you can do is upgrade, upgrade everything that you do. Right. You know, uh, make sure that you put a filter in the water. You know, shower filter because the shower you can absorb a lot of, you know, toxins. You know, system like chlorine and all kinds of stuff. Right. So put change the shower filter. That by itself, you realize the body has now enough, you know, uh, uh, enough energy to deal with all the other, you know, bad stuff happening around. You know.
0: Right.
1: So yeah. that's my suggestion. Let's okay.
0: Cool. First. Okay, so then now moving on to the adequate mental activity. So I took some notes and you were talking about uh, one of the things that you can do is engaging with new people and being genuinely interested in them or learning a new subject, learn something new. That could be a way that you could get adequate medical mental activity. (laughs) Yes. Yes, awesome. And then you talk about uh, social. So social building, um, healthy relationships. So not judging people, um, you know, engaging with people so that you um, allow them to be as they are and take them as they are and and getting to a place of non-judgment with them.
1: Yes, exactly. And those things will happen when you are trying to go through those basics. For example, when you go for a walk, you know, when you go for a walk in the nature, you see beautiful birds and trees and the flowers, and the plants, you know, do you have time to think about your, you know, mundane stuff, you know, probably not. So that's where you build this capability of learning as well, because now what happened is your mind is free to focus on learning. Look, you know, I've never seen this uh, flower before, you know, this wild flower. I've never seen this before. Wow. That's interesting. Other day, actually I saw uh, which I didn't know that, you know, I was walking in this uh, forest here and the trees, you know, uh, looks like the log was the, the, the trunk was getting chopped off. It was chopped off and the trees fall. I said, And there are so many of them around. So I asked one of the, um, you know, uh, caretakers, I said, what's going on? They say actually the beavers come in and they chop off the trunk so that the tree falls, when the tree falls, they actually go and eat some of those leaves or whatever, you know? So I said, wow, it's amazing. So I had something, I learned something new, you know? So I went and searched for beavers, what they do and why it's happening, what they do. So they actually attack the, the cotton seed plants which are actually invasive species, you know, and they're yeah. soft. And so I'm wondering why, well, what a beautiful relationship. And those cotton seeds come from, from the waterways and, you know, they fly around and stuff like that. And then mm. they grow all the trees. So I learned something new. I mean, this, isn't that beautiful to be in the nature and learn something new all the time? You see new bird. Yeah. So I feel that these are actually helping us to really understand who actually we are, you know, you
0: know? Right. And when you're just in the present moment, you're living, you're not, nothing's living. going on. Right. Yes. Which is what you were saying this entire book is the main goal of it is to help people become more aware and just be more present. Um, because that it's when you're present judgment doesn't exist. <laughs> L- life is, it just is. Everything it is. is. It yeah.
1: is yeah. because most people, um, I think they're so focused on their activities. They think that life is actually activities. Actually, it's not. Right. You know, activities are just an outcome. You know, just like uh, output <laughs> that we're talking about, right?
0: Yes.
1: So uh, we can be, we can be in our know, career. We can be professionals. We can be whatever it is, but that's just uh, one of the activity we do in our life. But that's not life. Life is what you what you observe with your mind shut. You know, with your mind stopping chattering. You know. Yeah. So uh, you're absolutely right uh, mm-hmm. that um, that's what life is all about, I feel.
0: Same. Yeah. <laughs> I think after studying Reiki, did I sort of come to understand that? And I think it's interesting because um, my, the boyfriend that I'm dating right now, <laughs> uh, he's, he's someone that is just very observant, He sees everything and he has an opinion on everything. And I didn't know this about myself until being with him that I literally don't make judgments about anything. And I just didn't, and I don't know if maybe I've always been this way. I mean, I do, I'm not I'm not completely anti-judgment. Like, of course, I'm a human. Um, we all from time to time do make judgments, of course. I just mean naturally my brain, like when I'm in a new circumstance, I'm like very present. And I think maybe it's from Reiki or from over the years studying self-help books, but I didn't realize that, that that was uncommon i thought most people were like that and so it kind of gave me some understanding as to okay this is something that i think it would bring a lot more people peace if they if they can learn how to be like this how you can just immerse yourself in a situation and just be there and not really you know hyper aware and and concentrating on all the details and judging it and whatnot just kind of letting it be you know
1: absolutely i think uh, observation yeah Without analysis,
0: yeah,
1: is the key. Hmm. Observation without analysis is the key. Um, otherwise, the moment you start to analyze, you start using the brain and the biases and the conflicts. Everything comes into play. Mm-hmm. But observation, pure observation, without analysis, means that observation is completely separate mm-hmm. from uh, from your past memories and all the biases and everything that you have.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, So in another part of your book, you start talking about laughter and being joyful and, and how important it is if you have some free time to just do what brings you joy. And that's, you know, something that we can all practice and uh, and you say make a list of things you enjoy and do them consciously and i i think that's yeah it's something that i have tried to live by I, and every sort of decision that i make i try to think of okay will this bring me joy or not and i would have to agree with you that that is something that since applying that to my life i feel like i do experience more joy because of that sort of statement so
1: yes i yeah. mean uh it is good. But I think uh, I feel now I'm probably getting much better at it. Uh, I can still have a long way to go. That why can't I find joy in everything I do since I wake up? For example, in the morning when I wake up, have my tea or water, or whatever. Is there, is there no joy in there? I mean, that's, that's you know, why can't we have joy? Wow, beautiful. You know, I'm so joyful eating that. You know, after <laughs> that, what do I do? Go to the- the washroom, joyfully, you know, do whatever I need to do, right. have a shower, joyfully, just do it, sing, you know, in the bathroom if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you're getting ready to go for a walk, just joyful. Why can't we have that? That's the question I want to ask. You know, what is, what is, you know, forcing us not to do it that way? You know?
0: Do you think it's because we're supposed to experience other emotions and that's just a part of the human experience?
1: No, we have been hijacked by our mind. Our mind has started yeah. hijacking. Ever since we have got up, the mind is throwing thoughts and emotions. So you're in the trap. Mm. I think we are in that cycle and this trap continuously. We are in that cycle. So that is hijacking us from enjoying. And that's mm. what I realized. You know, goodness heavens! It is my thoughts because the moment a thought comes in, all of a sudden emotion will come in. Right. No? Remember, I thought, oh look oh gosh, I have to finish that job. You know, my boss, as soon as you think about the boss, you guess, oh my God, this is going to be terrible. You know, that guy. So all those things come playing up. So you have woken up within half an hour, you're tired, exhausted because the thoughts have taken over. So what I feel that um, to really think, to really enjoy every aspect of a life, I think uh, that's where I feel that uh, that cycle has to be broken. Of Hmm. thought, emotions, you know, memory. So that cycle has to be broken. That's Hmm. the reason why we cannot enjoy, you know, every activity that we do during the day, you know?
0: Hmm. Yes. Yeah. But at least reaching for it is what you're saying. If you have some free time, reach for what brings you joy, try to be conscious of it and make that more of a habit. Yes that's a, a one of your right activities. I agree. Cool. Um. So there was, oh man, there, I just love this <laughs> chapter, guys. I've, I've taken so many notes because there were so many interesting ideas. So at some point in the chapter, um, you say to be emotionally and mentally strong, we must live a life of honesty and integrity. And then you go on to quote Sigmund Freud and said that complete om- honesty is required from patients for their cure. So when Sigmund Freud was working on his patients. He had stated that they needed to be completely honest in order for them to find to you know to be cured. So I found that to be really interesting because it's the concept of speaking your truth, right? And I can say over the last few years that was kind of my lesson: is to learn to speak my truth because I had been depressed. I had been like my body was aching and and it had all these pains and all kinds of things. And it was, and I was so tight and and anxious a lot. And, and then at some point, and I don't know who said it to me, probably a friend, uh, someone helped me realize that I wasn't speaking my truth and I wasn't being honest and being in my integrity and, and speaking, you know, what feels right for me. And when I started pushing myself to do that, boy, did things get so much better. And did things start to heal, like my acne, like my, like my body, like just so many different things. So I can just say to you from personal experience that I can, that I could see how that statement would be true. Absolutely.
1: You know, uh, if you're not honest, uh, you know, uh, from inside, you know, that you have done something and that is hurting you. You know, that is creating all kinds of, you know, chemical soup in the body and, Mm. and Chemical yeah suit. exactly <laughs> chemicals I mean I, you, I mean thing is once you have done that once you have you know lied or not being honest in a situation I think that you are hurting yourself from internally it it just keeps on going and and I think why what I find that again the foundation is very important honesty and integrity will automatically come when those foundations are right mm. because there you know you know uh, for example I just give a little example For example, if if you're not physically strong because you haven't eaten the right food or you don't get uh, sunlight, so you're vitamin D deficient, and now you're tired, exhausted, uh, you have a career. So you tell your boss, look, you know, the boss asks you why you didn't come to work last few days. And now what you you say, you just lie. You say, you know what, I'm busy with my days that, you know, maybe family issues. So, what I'm saying is just a small example, if you're not uh, connected with yourself, not rooted with yourself, lie is the only option left, you know, to really sort of uh, somehow live in this world, you know? So that how mm. somehow you just move on kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But if you're already rooted with those four fundamentals, then what is the need for lying or, or doing something not the right way? So that's the right action automatically happens. Once you're grounded and rooted in those four fundamentals we talked about, you
0: know, so. That's interesting though, because what about society's ideas that have been planted on you? Like, for example, I'm not going to give too much details, but before, before we, we went live, I was telling Varun about something that been, that has been heavy on my soul that I wanted to like, just be honest about. And personally um you know, my experience with females, you know, not all females, I'm not going to generalize, but you know, my experience with a lot of females is that, um, they get offended by if you're not like completely, completely honest, but then they, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but, uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> Wait, where am I going with this? What was my point? I've forgotten it. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, damn it. I forgot my point. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I forget. What did you say last? Damn it. I hate when this Yeah. Happens.
1: Last we're talking about, see, I understand where you're coming from. I know we discussed that, but I think yeah. instead of going into the specific issue, yeah, what I find that um, the reason why uh, we assume a lot of things. We actually make an image or make some kind of a impression about others through our previous experience, right? Through, mm-hmm. And we keep them in our memory. So that become our guiding point. The other person can be perfect. The other person has no problems at all, you know? Yeah. Because we have this memory built in there and that's coming and playing on your thoughts, on your emotion and you take the action, which is not perfect, not very good because it's already coming from a bias thinking. And you might think, oh, that person is not, you know, uh, not really behaving the right way or whatever, uh, because that's in your thought, in your mind. But in reality, if you call that person and talk to them, you'll find, what? That guy is so nice to me. Or that person is so nice to me. You know, what's wrong? What have I, what have I been doing for the last couple of weeks? You know? Right. So those things do happen.
0: Right. Okay. I remember my point now. My point guess- was that society kind of does make you feel as if you kind of have to be cautious about other people's reactions or you have to overanalyze specific situations. Whereas, yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel that you don't necessarily need to. Um, and basically what I was asking is, you know, even if you have all of those things aligned, all the for previous essentials aligned, I think that could maybe still come up if you haven't dealt with previous triggers, possibly,
1: maybe. It can, I mean, um, see those things can only happen when uh, your thoughts are playing up, you know? Uh, Because see, essentially the reason why we have a brain and that kind of relationship Mm -hmm. is to be uh, true for our own safety. For our right. own safety and security. So that's natural. So that's a, that's an instinct that we have, you know. Right. Uh, that has come naturally to us because we want to be safe and protective, you know. Uh, you know, And this has been part of the trade for any uh, living species. So that's already there. So then the problem is that's playing up all the time. So mm-hmm. that is okay when it comes to place where, you know, uh, you want to be safe and secure. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have, but if you want to be, out of that, you know, we want to be, uh, want to experience something better, you know, Uh, instead of getting trapped into that security mode, you need to break that pattern completely. Mm -hmm. So society may have some things imposed on you and that's because to make you safe or secure, so you have to do things in a certain way. So that's fine, I mean, to an extent, but then to really get out of that, I think that cycle has to be broken completely. Otherwise, you will always be in that pattern. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. That was a good answer. That's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So because you touched on sort of the survival mode with the brain, I want to move into the next part. This is probably my favorite part of the chapter when Brune asks this very interesting question. How can we consciously use our mind to generate slash achieve a higher state of being? So he's trying to get you to think on, think of different ways where you can use your mind to its, you know, to its advantage because it's constantly in this basic survival mode. How can we use it to generate a higher state of being? So the first thing that you list is the stronger we identify with ourselves, the stronger the mind works to protect that identity. So I E we got to stop being, (laughs) I, we stop. we got to stop identifying ourselves with anything. And I took a little note (laughs) and I wrote, Melissa stop identifying with being smart. (laughs) It's because uh, that's probably my biggest uh, issue. And funny enough, Brune and I recorded our fourth episode twice. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad it was a mutual decision because we both uh, didn't like the first recording, but certainly I was so triggered because on the day that we recorded, I was just, I couldn't focus. I couldn't articulate my thoughts. I was just all over the place. My brain was so scattered. And I left that recording in that day feeling like crap and hating on myself and being like, oh, like I just came across as so stupid, like all these things and ideas. And when I was reading this part of chapter five, I thought, yeah, I really need to stop identifying with being intelligent or wanting to come across as being intelligent, because that's what causes so much pressure on my shoulders to to be this smart person persona, you know, and <laughs> that didn't sound very smart, smart person persona, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think um, that was such a really interesting thing to read and it really resonated with me because I think that is something that um, we do a lot now in society. People identify with their gender or they identify with with the sport that they play or they identify with being smart or whatever and if we could just become aware as to what we're identifying with and then throw it out the window, I feel like we could live peaceful lives. Is that what you were getting at when you were yes. writing that part?
1: Absolutely. Because uh, just by identifying yourself with something doesn't matter, you know, Uh, could be a profession, could be a religion, could be anything. Yeah, It is actually hurting you because you're biasing yourselves, uh, you know, and um, basically you're living with a bias Hmm. and that's where the ego comes in, you know, because now that you are the best doctor, you know, so anybody tells me that I'm not a good doctor, my God, I'm going to fight. How
0: dare they? How
1: dare they? So the <laughs> ego comes in and that is hurting us. So which means that we are not really learning anything new because we, I'm the best doctor means that's it, you know, there's no more. But if I say, look, I'm a doctor, you know, and my job is to help patients or help people to be healthy. So I keep learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. So what is the, what is the problem? You know? Uh, but the thing is, if I say I'm the best doctor, you know, I'm, I'm really this, I'm that. I think that's going to hurt you because the ego comes in and it actually interferes with the whole learning process. Essentially, you have been taken over again by the same thing, the thought, emotions, actions. So essentially you have been taken over. So that has to be broken, right? So this is where it's coming from.
0: I totally understand this. Um, And I can even think of another situation recently, I was taking an acting class and I really just have this thing about wanting to be the best. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be the best. And like, ah, oh, I got to be the best. And I was just holding on to this. And I think first off, it's a little bit of old stuff, but I caught myself Brune, And I was like, no, Melissa, you're in class to learn who cares if you're the best or not. Just feel like, like you're just Be okay with being here to learn. You're learning. And it doesn't matter if you screw up because I was so hard on myself also when I would screw up. And when I started thinking like that in the class and the class became so much more fun and I actually did learn a lot more than obviously when I was in the mindset of, I gotta be the best. And and it was kind of like resisting failure, you know? not I wasn't allowing myself to be bad at times. So anyways, just wanted to share that because that I could- see another area of my life where that happened. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you also wrote, we must take control of our thoughts through disciplined thinking, which will help to conserve your mental energy. Um, you wrote, avoid random thinking, practice on concentrating on one subject consciously, never letting other, any other thoughts enter your mind. That to me, I found extremely interesting. And I would love to know if you have any techniques on how to do that, because I think, um, just to start, it might be a little bit challenging as anything, right? As anything, it, it, it'll take a while to develop that habit. But I certainly think that our society at this point in time has um, come to a place where we are constantly distracted and we're unable to focus on things for a long period of time. Like that's why 15 second TikTok videos are so popular. If you do a minute, it's not as popular because people just want to scroll through. Their attention span is so bad. So do you have any suggestions on exercises or or techniques that can help us get to this point of being able to focus on one subject consciously and um, not letting any other thoughts enter our mind?
1: Yes, so uh, there was a time In fact, um, that's something that I want to change in my book as well, because this is something I've learned over the last couple of years based on my own experimentation, is that, see, the trick is to uh, stop the chattering of the mind. And that can't be done through enforcement. Like discipline, enforcement, it cannot be done by that. Actually, it makes it worse. You know, uh, that's what my experience has been. I know there could be some techniques which can help you, to maybe stop chattering for a little while, but eventually it will take over and get worse, you know. And that's has been my experience. Mm-hmm. So yes, there are some techniques. For example, you know, um, you know, uh, there are some uh, softwares I've seen, some apps like that to help you concentrate, focus. But end of the day, they're not going to work.
0: Okay.
1: That's what I learned. They're not going to work. Why? because uh, they are not actually helping to, to break the pattern. Hmm. So the, the best way to really deal with is to learn attention, observation without bias.
0: Hmm.
1: Attention, observation without bias. Now, it is very difficult now to uh, do that uh, in an unnatural setting. For example, you know, uh, uh, just watching a movie or something. I think the best way to actually go back to the nature Nature will Because there, you know, because what happens is a lot of things are happening at the same time. When you go to the nature, for example, uh, your mind actually automatically focuses on things around you. You know, the beauty is so amazing of all the different things that all of a sudden you realize is that, look, you know, uh, all this beauty is around. You start observing, you're paying attention to details And I think that's where I feel that it has to be done naturally through observation and attention. Because otherwise, what happens is uh, the way we have been trained, and that's what we have been programmed. We are we are doing we actually creating three eyes through any activity. One is um, imagination, uh, image making, and impressions. We are making these three constantly, and that is taking so much of energy. And it's getting into our memory. And then it's creating some thoughts and emotions and actions, and you experience it, goes back to the memory. So that pattern is very difficult to break. And that's why I'm saying this is a very challenging issue across the world. This is not something that um, mm. only, I think, uh, very strong meditators, yogis, or people who have, you know, uh, they have been able to do this. Mm. So what I'm saying is uh, to learn this, let's not enforce or discipline ourselves, do something. It it actually backfires. That's my experience recently. So the best is to go back to the basics, you know, focus on your breathing, for example, because breathing is the easiest thing to focus. It's natural. Focus on natural things to really learn, not just some, some school where you go there and they teach you how to concentrate and focus. No, 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 no. Somebody is teaching you this is not, I think go back to the nature. Your breathing is first focus on the breathing that by itself is going to help tremendously. And then when you walk in the nature, focus on your breathing, focus on the air, focus on the water, focus on the, on the beauty that surrounds you. I think that's automatically help us to calm the mind. And eventually when you learn how to observe and pay attention, the thoughts will not arise and you will own you know, those things won't be registered in the memory in the same way.
0: Hmm.
1: So I think that's the best way, in my opinion, you know, because every other technique doesn't work. Otherwise, you know, we have so many civilizations, hundreds and thousands of years of civilization. Still, the problem is going on for generations. This is not a very easy thing to do, you know.
0: Do you think, though, would you agree that it's gotten worse? I certainly, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've been around... The planet a little bit longer than me so i feel like from my experience it appears that it's gotten a lot worse but maybe it's because i'm more aware like i'm an adult now <laughs> has it been like this pr- the same prior to the internet and to social media or do you think that now because of the internet and social media people are having a harder time concentrating
1: it has become worse because okay. they've got so many distractions there was a right. time The only thing that you could do at home in the vacation is read books, read books, you know, only thing you could do. You know what? Now you've got kids always on their phones, nonstop, Mm -hmm. distracted, you know, and I'm seeing they're working on the computers. They are, you know, uh, calling their friends and doing the app and playing computer games and all kinds of stuff. At the same time, people are distracted. And that's the reason why in my, in my chapter introduction, I talked about, fragmented human humanity. Mm. I think there was a time when we were more cohesive humanity as a humanity, we were very cohesive mm. and slowly, you know, after we had nuclear families with the uh, industrialization, modernization, uh, and then we slowly get into uh, more individual life, you know, not family life or community life Individual. we become more individual as a person. Yeah. And, and, and now what has happened is we have become so fragmented that uh, we have even um, you know, lost ourselves as an individual. You know, we do not know who we are anymore kind of thing. So what we have done is we have made ourselves very fragmented. So that's why attention spans are very low because we do not know what is that I want to do, you know. So that lack of clarity is really hurting us big time. And that is where I feel that connecting with things that actually matter is important. Whereas we're connecting with Facebooks and Googles and, you know, apps and this and that, that is hurting us big time. We're spending so much time, wasting our time, precious time in those things, which has got no relevance to our life, which doesn't enhance your life in any way. I'd rather spend, you know, uh, two hours swimming in the lake, Ontario, (laughs) or, you know, walk out in the nature, you know, that's more enhancing life, enhancing than be in the Facebook for hours, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the problem is. We've become very fragmented. And that's the reason our attention spans have gone really low, because we are we are distracted because we don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. What is important for us anymore, you know? We just somehow passing by, you know? Which is very sad, actually, if you think about it, you know, very unfortunate. This was not like this, you know, uh, during my time, during my grand- grandparents' time, which I saw them, you know? They're very different they were like even now if you go to some of the islands where you know or some 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 vacation places too you know local communities who go there they still have beautiful you know families to working together working in the nature and things like that so they're not distracted as much mm-hmm. so to answer your question yes we are distracted very much
0: mm-hmm. now yeah well I can say even through personal experience through when I quit social media my attention span completely changed i'm able to sit and read a book now it's been very hard for me to do that for a long time i'm able to get things done i honestly honestly it sounds crazy it really does but i had the hardest time focusing and on projects and actually wrapping my brain around what I'm doing that I literally would never make any steps forward. And there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this because I've heard this a number of times where people go, but you do so much, Melissa. And like, that's silly. Like you're exaggerating. No, it looks like I do a lot. I don't do that much. And that's, But I wasn't doing that much. I do now (laughs) because now I have more attention span, but that's, yeah, I think a result of Being distracted, like even as you were talking, there's notifications coming up on my computer. It's like, why, why are they coming up? I put them off, (laughs) and it's distracting me. And it's like I'm just wanting to focus on this conversation. Stop texting me, people. (laughs) You know, everything's sort of just designed, designed to take our attention now. And so I think you're right. I think it's really going back to the roots and and being in nature and, and having experiences like traveling. That's what I love about traveling because everything is brand new that it just forces Mm. you to be in the present, you know, and you kind of feel like a kid again because you don't know where you are and you are in survival mode. So you are in the present moment, although you know that you're safe usually Uh, (laughs) depending on where you're going actually, but still, yeah. So, um, it's, it's very interesting and, um, Yeah, I think you're right. Practicing doing those things is what is going to increase our concentration. I was going to also say that uh, timing yourself for tasks, I've noticed that that will help me focus. Like, say I want to get something done and I say, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour, time it, then I will usually like be able to focus on the task. I don't know if you ever do that, but that's helped me recently with concentrating.
1: Yes. Uh, I think the goal setting is really important. I think I yeah. talked about it in my book uh, towards the next, uh, I think, uh, on chapter seven, we'll talk about that, mm. uh, goal setting, because see, once you start uh, making goals, short-term goals, midterm goals, long-term goals, even daily goals, you know, mm-hmm. and end of the day, you control your life yourself, not others agenda will control you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise what happens is, you know, you have no control on yourself. For example, say if you make your goals, the tomorrow I want to read this book, no matter what, you know, and you you plan you you know maybe early in the morning, maybe five to eight a.m., m i'll I'll read my book, maybe I can do my other things, and then so you plan your life or time according to what you think is the best for you. you know? mm-hmm. don't get uh, you know distracted from other people's agenda. So I think goal setting is very important, hmm. and it tells you exactly. Um, you know, what needs to be done and involve the steps, you know, and make sure the steps involved are also very clear to you, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, I think that is certainly a way to get yourself to concentrate better is having these goals written out. And um, yeah, then you're more likely to try to focus harder than you are if you didn't have it written out or a plan for sure.
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: Okay. Awesome. So one final thing before we wrap up, um, you, the last sort of point that I found very interesting in this part of the chapter, you talked about working on developing your memory power. So tapping into the subconscious by doing memory increasing activities Um, is one of the things where you can increase your memory power, but also by asking your subconscious for the solution to a problem before going to sleep. And our subconscious mind will work nonstop to find the answer for you while you sleep. Now I told Barun beforehand that I do have two stories, but I want you to first, can you tell everyone what you have researched on that and why you believe that to be something that, that you can do and that your subconscious will work for you and find the answer for you
1: look if you if you think about um, you know you've got conscious mind and subconscious mind yeah and we use uh, maybe about uh, 5% of our mind really mm-hmm. uh, 10% and uh, it's mostly subconscious mind which is dictating our life and we have no control over it it just goes automatically it's just and the conscious mind you know is probably 10 percent of our dealings so now the subconscious mind how to make it to work that's the question so there are a few techniques to it and um um i'm forgetting his name uh dr bruce lipton you know okay yeah have you read his book it's beautiful my god that guy's I know amazing. of him <laughs> oh yes
0: Yes. Yeah, well, I used to work at Chapters. Did I tell you about that? I worked at Indigo Chapters.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
0: for about five years. So that's why I'm a big book nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know of him, but I haven't read his books.
1: No. Bruce Lepton, I think, yeah, he focuses, he has some techniques as well. But what I find in general mm-hmm. is that, and see, for physical activities, you know, for example, if you want to learn something new or something like that, if you want to, Solve any physical problems, you know. uh, uh, Then yes, uh, what you do is uh, your subconscious mind can help you actually, you know, bring back things from the memory and Mm -hmm. help you to resolve it. You know, a few times uh, as an engineer, I've been I dealt with many technical problems, you know, and I'm working on the problems. And before I went to bed, I've been thinking about it. See, and then in the morning you felt, wow, looks like. Why I didn't think about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it does happen what you're saying. But for psychological reasons, for fear, for other kinds of psychological emotions, it doesn't work. It'll mm. never work. It'll never work.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting. If you, if, you,
1: if you see that, I if you think, if you say that I want to get rid of this fear, you know, and tell your subconscious mind to get rid of it, it will never work. It only works only for physical things, you know, that for psychological things, a different story. That's what I say, you know, we'll talk about that in chapter seven. Uh, the okay. main reason for meditation is to break that cycle, you know, right? You know, thought, emotions, action, experience, memory, thought, that cycle is going on and on and on and on. So psychological things, you cannot get out of it. And that is the big problem of human beings, you know? Hmm.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Um- so I do have two stories where this actually worked. And one of them was literally from yesterday because I had been doing my research for today's show and I was just trying it. So the first one I'm going to tell you is pretty crazy. When I was in Europe in 2015, I was in Paris, actually, I was staying in a hostel and um, I was chatting to someone at the time that I was feeling nervous about chatting too. I was feeling like I I should have no. I I was feeling I wasn't sure of whether I should engage in this or just completely stop talking to this person. Anyways, um, I had asked my subconscious slash the angels because a lot of you know that I work with angels and you know I'm I. I love tuning into sort of the spiritual realm. So I, I said that, but like, it's the same thing. Angels, energy, subconscious, all the same thing. And I asked myself, please, can I have a, a sign of or can I be led to what I should do? Should I keep engaging in this situation or not? That's all I want to know. So Brune, I had this dream, okay? And this dream was my ex-boyfriend from when I was like 18 and he was a nightmare and I, it was a nightmare of a situation. He wasn't necessary. well, well, I mean, at the time he was, but I've forgiven him since. <laughs> I just want to say that, but basically it was a really horrible relationship. And there were a lot of messed up things that happened within that relationship. And so in this dream, I was I was told that this new person that I was talking to was similar to my previous ex and that, and that this situation was going to lead to chaos like that situation did, okay? And then, of course, we have free will choice because I woke up and I thought, oh, but I really want to talk to this person. So I still, I still went ahead and talked to him. Flash forward to three weeks later, and I look back in the situation and go, well, I did get my answer and the answer was correct. The answer was that I shouldn't have engaged because it was going to lead to chaos. And it absolutely did lead to chaos. I, my higher mind said, no, don't engage in this. And I still ignored it. So you still have free will of choice, but I ignored it. And I realized, okay, I got my answer. I did. Did I listen to it? No, <laughs> but I got it. So that's something I always kind of like laugh at when I look back, because I knew, I knew that this was going to end up the way that it ended up. So anyway, so that was a cool situation. But then yesterday um, I was taking notes for this episode and I got so tired and I was like, you know what? I just need to take a nap. And so I'm lying on the couch and I ask myself this question about my career and what I should do moving forward in regards to like, I don't know what to focus on. Um, I have all these different avenues of skills that I'm good at. And I love all these different areas, but I don't know what I should be giving my energy to. And I, so I asked myself this, I go to sleep. I wake up with a text from masterclass (laughs) that says to, to watch the newest masterclass episode with a voiceover girl. And that was one of the options that I had asked. So that was kind of also like weird because that I did wake up thinking of the voiceover. And then I literally got a text about, um, watching a voiceover masterclass. And then I go to talk to my boyfriend to tell him, and he's like, oh, that's so funny. I saved a video for you about this website. That's looking for voiceover artists so was so that was my subconscious mind but then also divinely guided as well I feel like that was such a weird those were too many weird coincidences that happened with also getting the the message of focusing on my voiceover work so anyways pretty cool I don't know
1: yeah it's very amazing I think it reminds me of Dr Chopra's Deepak Chopra's book called Synchronous City Oh uh, yeah, he talks about that, and it's very interesting. So yeah, there's a completely different uh, feel there. So yeah, touching. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say yeah, there's more spiritual um, ideas, and and it's more of a spiritual thing that happened to me as opposed to just the subconscious. But I do think it is, it it, it was somewhat that as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I think all of it's tied together. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I
1: yeah. think so. We are all tied together, and that's yeah. what I was telling the other day, Rupert Sheldrake. You know his theory on morphic resonance. It's all about this. You could be thousand kilometers away, but you can still be connected. Yeah. Anyways, you know, uh, so it is possible, and he has proven that scientifically. So <laughs> he's a great guy.
0: Very cool. All right, awesome. Well, I think I am going to wrap up this session because it's been yes. about an hour. But this has been so fun, and I think we covered a lot about what this chapter is all about. Like I said, this is chapter five, and. It's intensely amazing. I mean, all the chapters are, but this chapter really, really resonated with me for specific personal reasons. So I was very excited to do this episode with you. So thank you so much, Brune, And everyone, we will be back again next week, Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode. It will be episode six. Brune, what is the topic for episode six?
1: Yes, it will be about elimination of toxins.
0: Aha! A big
1: deal. It's a big, big deal.
0: Okay, awesome. So we will all look forward to that. And in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and subscribe for good vibes and more content like this. And we will see you again next time. Oh, and one last thing. I am going to leave the link for Baroon's book in the description box below. So if you want to check it out and order a copy for yourself or for someone that you think might love it, I will leave the Amazon link so that you can go ahead and purchase it um, in the description box. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you so much love, light, and sunshine vibes. And have a good day. Bye. Bye. Take care.